Doctors Jordan and Reagan Carnwath both knew from an early age that they wanted to be veterinarians. After earning their veterinary degrees from the University of Glasgow, Jordan did an equine internship while Reagan went into mixed animal practice. They both had an interest in holistic medicine, and after practicing separately in conventional practices, decided to work together as Holistic Vet Scotland, Scotland's first referral-only holistic practice. The practice is located in Glasgow, where they offer acupuncture, herbal medicine, laser medicine, nutrition, and more. They also have a veterinary nurse on staff who is trained as a human herbalist and treats people. Please enjoy this conversation with Drs. Jordan and Reagan Carnwath as we discuss their education, learning holistic medicine, opening a practice just prior to the pandemic, and factors surrounding having a dedicated holistic veterinary practice. Doctors, hello. I'm so happy that you could join me today. Hello. Thanks for having us. <laughs> so where did you guys grow up? We grew up in uh, in Glasgow in in Scotland um, in the kind of suburbs of, of Glasgow. Um, did you both decide that you wanted to be veterinarians at the same time or how did that work out? Yeah, yeah. since we were really little. Yeah, since like, I don't know, four or five, I don't know, really young, we both wanted to be vets. So, yeah. <laughs> what we kind of pets much- did you guess have? Go ahead. We were very much those little girls that that wanted to be vets, and always any time they were asked, we're, we, that's what we said. And and just very fortunate that it worked out for both of us. Um, what sort of pets did you guys have growing up? Dogs. We had um, yeah, we had uh, yeah dogs, and we had guinea pigs. And we were very fortunate. Um, we had family friends had horses, so we grew up um, riding as well. So yeah, we were very. Very fortunate. Nice. And when it when it came time for school, did you both know that you wanted to go to the same place? Did you have choices? What? How did that work out? Well, in in Scotland, um, university education is is funded by the Scottish government. So but there's two universities in in Scotland, Glasgow and Edinburgh, that provide um, vet school curriculums. So it was very much one of those two. Um, and for me, I, yeah, I got into Glasgow and I was delighted with that. So there was. Yeah, and I, Jordan, I what about choice. you? Yeah, I, I had choice between Glasgow and Edinburgh, but Glasgow, yeah, it's home. And um, yeah, I always felt quite strongly and passionately about Glasgow. And it was it was quite a natural, obvious choice for me. That was the my first choice. So I was really delighted to get in. Um, did you guys have any exposure to holistic medicine in school? None. I actually, <laughs> not through the vet school, but I took the CIVT Foundation um, Western Herb course in my third year of, of vet school. So as if I never did enough in my plate, I decided to do to do mm. that as well. And I was just mad keen and passionate. And it was as soon as I could get my, my hands um, into the, the herbs were always my first my first love. Um, I, I just wanted to do that. So... That was that's where it all began for me and my education. In Did terms you... of the, the curriculum, yeah. there was um, yeah, there was n- there was no- nothing about complementary therapies. I think now, um, I think I believe acupuncture is taught, um, but that wasn't even yeah, there was no exposure to that when we were at vet school. Um, did you guys have a nice garden when you grew up, or how did you get in- interested in herbs right away? Yeah, no, um, I think. 
kind of just quite come quite organically. Um, always been interested in kind of the outdoors and yeah, being in nature and sort of started learning. Um, some friends were quite interested in herbs and we started learning and just kept learning. And I feel like. I feel like it's always a learning curve. I feel like I'll always be learning, you know. <laughs> There's always, you know, going at a dog walk or somewhere and you're like, oh, who's that? What plant's that? And I want to know about it. And, um, we, our background, we came from from quite a, like a working class family in, in Glasgow and we were the first generation to go to university. So the fact that we both went went to vet school and then got into the herb thing is, is just, it's a bit, a bit of a shock for, for everyone. Everyone's like, where did that that come from um but very supportive family that's great hey so when you were getting ready to be done with school did you both know what sort of practice you wanted to go into or the, was it going to be small animal for both of you or did you how did that work yeah no I um I thought I wanted to be an equine vet <laughs> so I I done an equine internship um down at the Royal uh, Vet College in London um and then I went into equine practice for about a year before going into mixed practice. So I've done it all a wee bit back to front. Um, but I still treat the odd horse, not so much since Reagan's been on maternity leave. But I yeah, love horses and um, and that they respond really well to herbs and acupuncture. Um, but our practice that we have now in Glasgow um, is mostly small animal. Um, Reagan. And I, yeah, when I qualified, I went into a big agricultural area, so a very rural part of Scotland. Um, and about seventy-five of my percent of my caseload was was farm farm animal practice. Um, and then I left there because I, I was looking for a bit more of a small animal bias, and and came back towards the city for that. Um, but you know, from the beginning, because I had that foundation in the herbs and I started learning acupuncture from my my first year qualified so really quickly I was integrating that into my my general practice and starting to build a bit of a case log um, of, of animals that I was treating in that way. So Reagan when you went into that mixed that mixed practice and you had that interest with the other how many veterinarians were in that practice? That was uh, five five vet practice, so quite quite a big, um, yeah, practice relatively for for Scotland. Um, five vet. And were there other doctors doing holistic medicine in that practice, or is that something that you were doing on your own? I, I was doing that very much on my own. There there wasn't anyone at that practice um, at all that you know, even had an interest in that. So it was a bit, you know, it's always nice to have a mentor and to have somebody to, to guide you. But I feel like we have in, in the UK, we're quite lucky. We have a lovely group, the British Association of Veterinary Herbalists, um, who are a, a very, very supportive group. And we both seem practice with some of the vets that are that are part of that organisation, um, Virla, who who you've already spoken with, and and, and some other vets, Barbara, Barbara, Barbara Jones, yes, yeah. Fab, and yeah. So although geographically we're quite a distance from from them, um, we we are. I've always felt very supported and guided by 
are kind of older vets if you like sorry mm. old but <laughs> are, um, be careful what you say taken under the wing and 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 guided and um and and helped in our, in our mm. journey and our careers which has just been totally amazing yeah totally agree that is really nice to have that kind of group right yeah, yeah oh, it's, it's amazing because I, I think you know a lot of a lot of vets that practice in this way often feel quite isolated because you know they're on they're on their own they're the only one within a practice doing what they do or or are sole practitioners and to have each other to to bounce ideas back and forward and to rely on but also to have the the, the guidance and support of the other vets in that group is just it's just one wonderful um it just builds that confidence and, and knowledge Oh yeah, I mean the the fact that we can connect uh, through the internet, you know, yeah. remotely is just yeah, been so, so very helpful. Uh, our Jordan, back to you. So, uh, how was your internship? Did you enjoy it? Um, not really, if I'm honest. I realised I'm glad I done it. I'm really glad I done it. It made me at that point. I thought maybe I wanted to go into like referral type practice, and actually, it made me learn very quickly that was just not for me at all. Um, yeah. So it was a good, sometimes you don't know what you want to know, <laughs> what to do until you know what you don't want to do. And I learned quite quickly that wasn't for me. But um, yeah. That, I mean, that is, that's a really important point because sometimes you do have to do stuff that, that you, to figure out that you don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You're always going to have that question. Did you feel that your school prepared you to handle that sort of work or how did, did you have a lot of responsibility right into the internship? Yeah, I mean, I think the structure was was good. You know, it um, it was a rotating internship, so you kind of got a good feel for kind of all aspects of the hospital and the way the hospital was. You know, there was we were the interns, there was residents. You know, there was there was lots of support there. Um, yeah, I just learned that um, that a hospital setting was not somewhere that I thrived, and um, yeah, that that. But but yeah, no, I think it was it was, it was a good. It was a really good experience. I'm glad I'd done it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You know, it, I also did an internship and, and just in talking to others that have, you know, it just that kind of experience can vary all across the board. You know, if you're depending on the, on the place and the people, you know, they can, yeah. some people get thrown right into it right away without much support. And it's really, I can imagine that's really frustrating. I was fortunate enough to be in a, in a place where, uh, there was a lot of support and it was really helpful, but you know, you figure out right away that uh, whether or not you like that sort of lifestyle, mm. it's definitely a different kind of lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. But no, it was a supportive. And I think for someone who wanted to do that kind of thing, it would have been a, a great experience. And I, as I say, I don't regret it. I learned lots. Um, and it definitely helped me when I went into general practice, you know, but um, yeah, it was, it was good <laughs> in that respect. Were you able to do any acupuncture or anything? Did you see any while you were there? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, one of the vets, um, Bettina, she done acupuncture. Uh, and that I was really interested. I thought, oh, I don't know much about this, but I want to know more. And it was quite quickly. I think it was after I left there and went into mixed practice. That's when both Regan and I done our um, IVIS acupuncture course. We done it was we done it through BVAS. So we went to Belgium. Um and that was great. That's when it kind of really clicked and thought, aha, now this, I want to do this. <laughs> I really enjoy this. That was great. Um, great course. So you both did the IVIS course at the same time? Yeah. We did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did. That must have been nice. It was lovely. Yeah. We, we, 
because our practicals were over in, in Belgium and um, we went over in Jordan's camper van and stayed stayed there and we actually had a, lo- a lovely time where we were we were learning and met mm. some some lovely lovely vets mm. um, and yeah learned loads loads. So logistically, how long did it take you guys to get down to to Belgium for a, for a module? Oh, it's quite far. We um we had about about eight hours to the southern south of England border where we then got the Euro Tunnel, and then what was it like four hours from there to Belgium? So it was a bit less, driving yeah. a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was quite far. It was a long day each way. Yeah. That was a yeah. We had a nice holiday, as Regan said. We had a we had a lovely time. We took the camper van. We met lovely people. You know, it, it was a pleasure to do. We learned, you know, it, it never felt like a, a chore. It never felt hard to work. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And you guys had each other, too, to help yourselves with, through the learning process, which is nice. Yeah. We've always had that, which is really nice. We're really fortunate. Mm-hmm. So both of you, after those first, you were both in mixed practices. So then did you move on to other mixed practices or at what point did you guys decide you wanted to go together? So um, after mixed practice, I, I went to a small animal practice and then back to mixed practice. So I kind of switched around, but um, all the time doing a little bit on the side of acupuncture and, and herbs and that client base kind of grew quite organically um, and then I went off on maternity leave with my first son and Jordan uh, very kindly looked after all of those patients for me and just before I was returning from that maternity leave um, we we decided we'd, we'd like to open a practice together. Jordan was, you, you can explain more, but you were doing your CIVT Western Herb Diploma, and yeah, we're, we were both fairly passionate about that type of medicine, um, and just wanted to create a practice, kind of in in the a place to be able to practice the way we wanted to. Um, mm. So, and so we opened, it, yeah. So we opened the door of. Um, our bricks and mortar practice, um, Herbal Vet Scotland, uh, January 2020. Um, and yeah, as Regan said, I, at that point I was working towards my um, CIVT Western Herb Diploma. And yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's grown and developed. And I guess it's an interesting time to open. We didn't know the pandemic was about to hit. <laughs> um, it's been a challenge, but it's been, yeah, you know, we've come out the other side of that and um, loving it the practice is great and it's very much family run you know um and yeah it's fab in the heart of it's, outside of Glasgow it's a lovely great. lovely place to be it's a it's a very calm quiet practice we we have one two patients at the most and at a time um and yeah it's it's a, it's a really lovely place to to be so it's it's nice it's a place you're going to work every morning um oh. That's great. I um so I got to back up. So you, you each had maybe your own patients that you were treating prior to opening the brick and mortar, right? So you you had a bit of a caseload going into yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. We entered um room. So I was doing. We were both doing kind of our acupuncture on the side, uh, and then Reagan started Herbal Vet Scotland, um, renting rooms in other vet practices. Um, 
And so when she went off on maternity leave, I sort of amalgamated my acupuncture cases with hers as Herbal Vet Scotland and continued that room rental. And then as Regan was about to come back off maternity leave, we decided we wanted our own place and we wanted to, yeah, be able to have a, a place where we could work exactly as we wanted to and have the dispensary there and have the herbs and yeah, and so we opened. Great. So I have to, uh, sorry, I have to say I, your, I've, your website is wonderful and the, the, pic, the, the pictures are wonderful and the space looks really, really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a nice space and we are a referral-only um, holistic practice, so we don't we don't do conventional work at, there um, at all. And that, that was a bit of a decision of whether we wanted to be a do-everything practice or we, we just wanted to do referrals in the, the holistic side of things. And I think that decision you know, there wasn't a referral practice for holistic therapies in Scotland and there was a big enough caseload to allow us to really focus focus in on, on that side of things. Um, and, you know, it's I guess you, you're speaking to a lot of holistic vets, but it's it's such such a wide knowledge base on its own to be learning your herbs and your acupuncture and now, you know, we're doing traditional Chinese medicine, herbal medicine and some nutrition. And there's, there's so much to learn fr- from mm-hmm. that side of things that we thought, hey, let's get really good at this rather than trying to be GP vets and and do, do this alongside it. Yeah, but it did sort of feel like putting our heads out on a bit of a limb because, well, I don't know what it's like with you, Neil, and, um, but certainly in the UK there's, a big sort of um, how do I put this? There's 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 certain doubts around complementary therapies, and you know it's all labelled that there's no evidence base, and there's a lot of kind of from the general vet population quite a lot of negativity around it. And so deciding to go down the complementary only felt like putting our heads a wee bit <laughs> up there above the parapet and saying, hey, no, actually this this is real, this works, and we believe in it. And I think it's been a big education when we first started. A lot of vets kind of were like who are these girls and what are they doing and and now we get active referrals from you know we've got so much support from wonderful vets around us and from the vet schools and the vet you know and it's, it's been so great but it's it, it, it was quite daunting <laughs> when we decided to, to open the doors you know um yeah the, our, our governing body the, the royal college of veterinary surgeons um is not act, not actively supportive of what we do i guess is one way to yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, you guys made some good points there. First, I mean, all you have to do is go to a holistic meeting and realize how much you don't know about things, you know, like yeah. you, <laughs> you know, uh, you, you think, well, I'm going to think about herbal medicine or, okay, so it's Western herbs or Chinese herbs. And then you see all the different modalities and you realize I can't, I can't devote enough time to the things I'm interested in to stay current. And it's just yeah. a narrow, such a narrow part of the field. But I think um, for you guys to make that decision, like we are not going to do conventional medicine, that's a huge leap, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to to commit and say, this is all we're going to do. I mean, that can be, you're giving away a lot of um, potential business. You know, yeah. it's, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I made the same, I made the same choice at one point and, and you think, oh man, how easy it would be to have uh, people in even, um, uh, 
you know, to, for vaccines or, you know, some of those high, higher ticket items, but to say, all right, you know, there's just so much to know and we're going to just limit ourselves. So how has it been, how do you work with your conventional colleagues? Do you, do you send them updates? How did, do most of your clients find, find you on their own or do you get some referrals now? Yeah, so we, um, every, all of our clients have to be registered with a conventional practice um, and a lot of them self-refer. So um, when they, they decide to register with us, we get a full history from the primary practice. And then after we see them, we send um, yeah, a report back to the primary practice to let them know what we're doing and, you know, yeah, what herbs are on, whatever, whatever that might look like. And then we send regular updates as well if there's, it was changing anything. Um, we also get referrals from other vets. And we, yeah, we see a lot of um, oncology cases. Um, we've got a really nice working relationship with quite a few of the oncologists in our area who actively refer to us. And um, yeah, so it's a real mix now. Um, when we started, it was very much client self-referring. But it's lovely to have other vets referring to us now as well. And a, a lot of word of mouth, a lot of recommendations from our current clients. Um, mm. is... Yeah, it is for, with the choices, the choice you both made to not do conventional medicine. You know, that's the plus is that at least in talking with other veterinarians, in my own experience is that those conventional veterinarians don't worry about losing a client to you. Yeah. You know, because you, this is, this is all you're going to do. And sometimes, you know, communication seems one way from you to them, but, but, um, I know that they have to appreciate that, you know, that you're going to, you're going to do your thing. And, you know, it's not like it was 20, 30 years ago where a client only saw one veterinarian always for everything. At least, you know, here we see, yeah. you know, I have, a, I'll have a client come and they, they have a relationship with an oncologist and maybe they have, of course, their primary care veterinarian and me and maybe a surgeon. Um, you know, there's a bunch of members of the team, which is yeah. nice. And, you know, you know that, that's really a lovely integrative approach where everyone's got their area, we work together for the, the best possible outcome for each patient. And um, I, think, I think for both of us, it was it was quite a leap to take because we're, we're still fairly young vets and and er, early enough stages of our career so it was like are we ready to stop conventional practice are we going to commit to this now for what hopefully will be a long career and I think we we did think about that quite quite hard before we chose mm -hmm. to do that um but yeah I I feel fairly happy with, with that approach. But if we were to do it from a purely business point of view, we, we probably would have stuck with some conventional treatments as well. But um, it's passion. It's, it's, a, it's a passion. It's, you know, we're, we're both a bit rubbish at the business side of things, if we're honest. <laughs> um, it's been a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys did it because I think this is the only way that we can move things forward is if, with, if veterinarians commit themselves to it fully, like you two yeah. have done. So tell me about the space. How big is it? I don't know actual size <laughs> in meters, or, but um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, so it's an old bank. It's a, a beautiful old building um, in the south side of Glasgow and it's um, 
you kind of you walk into a space and there's a reception area with a little shop. People can buy, um, you know, uh, foods and treats and different things like that. And then, um, and then we have two consult rooms. Um, and then we have our dispensary, which is my favourite room in the whole place. It's just lovely. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a, I mean, it's a fairly small building, really. Um, but you don't need yeah. much. Well, no, no, we don't need a theatre. We don't need <laughs> X-ray. We don't need any of that because we're not doing it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dispensary is lovely, by the way. Those shelves, I would, I would kill mm-hmm. someone for those shelves. And <laughs> it, it, it just looks wonderful. So. How, what was it like? I mean, you like you'd say you, you opened the doors just prior to the pandemic. I mean, with the the reception area and the food and the treats and things, were people able to come in? No, we we would only have. Well, actually, the, the very first bit of the pandemic, we we closed altogether because here it was told that it was just emergency services that were allowed to operate, and because we weren't doing any conventional work we didn't feel that we fell into that. So we actually closed. We opened in January and closed in March um, for, I can't can't actually remember how long we closed for now. It was maybe a couple of months. And then we came back with a a fairly um, restricted service and it was only animals allowed allowed in the building um, and owners, unfortunately, uh, were not yet. And that was challenging because you know yourself, Neil, particularly you know in a new consultation so much of you know how you choose your herbs or how you choose your treatment is those little bits from the history you know those little snippets of information that the owners give you you think ah that herb's the right herb for that dog or you know and so when you can't have that proper conversation with a client um it's challenging but also I think so much of what we do like all vets is supporting the owners and so when you can't build that relationship and that rapport yeah, I really struggled not having the, the humans <laughs> in yeah. the room. So you have two consult rooms. Do you do you, how do your schedules work? Are you there at the same time or do you um well I've I've just been off again <laughs> for my second my second son. Uh, Jordan's been absolutely holding the fort um for us. So but but now I'm coming back, um I don't I don't work full time. I work three days, um, and we there's another vet Anne who comes in, who's a w- wonderful, um, wonderful vet who's been practicing for, gosh, I don't know, forty years. Is that right, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. And she she is an amazing acupuncturist. She does some homeopathy, um, so she's at the practice as well. And we have a human herbalist work from the practice we have a visiting chiropractor so it's it's fairly busy there's a lot a lot going on in our small space but it, it never feels manic it never feels too busy it feels quite quite calm the way it all works out oh that's wonderful i saw that one of your staff members does treat people and that that's i mean i get that request all the time so it's must be great for you guys to be able to refer to her yeah, she's fab. So Tess is um she's a vet nurse. Well she she studied um she became a, a herbalist, a human herbalist, and then went on and studied veterinary nursing. She's got a really unique set of skills, but it's lovely because people always say, Oh, what about me? Would do you have any herbs for me? And I say, Go see Tess. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't I don't do do humans, but um yes, yeah, it's but, fab, it's lovely and it's lovely. I think so much of um 
you know, it's really important to look after the, the humans too when you're looking after the animals. It's lovely to be able to refer to her. Yeah, I think that's a big advantage being able to offer that service. Mm. Such a crossover a lot of the times. You know, if there's anxiety and stress in a household, if you just treat your your canine or feline patient, you're you're not quite gonna resolve the issue, are you? If 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 the whole house can be treated and um yeah, you you're gonna get a much better result. So it's it's lovely to be able to do that. Oh, absolutely. And you both you both know, I mean, um I, the best I can do is is have kind of a list of trusted people I can refer people to. But, you know, the clients are interested. If they haven't had an experience and they see what it can do, they want to have an experience. And, uh, mm. you know, maybe they found you because they had a good experience themselves or maybe they had a bad experience and you have to convince them that, you know, they're still interested, that maybe you can help their pet and, and maybe yes. you can get them back into trying it again. Because uh, you know, a lot of times it's just finding the right person whether it's a veterinarian or, or a human health practitioner, right? Absolutely. So tell me about the food, the food end of the business. How has that worked out? The f- food end. So the nutrition side of things. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I've been doing some, some courses and some further study in, in the nutrition side of things. And, and I love it. I've, um, I've got a, bit geeky I'm, I'm really enjoying my spreadsheet and <laughs> formulating <laughs> diets and um it's it's way more interesting than I ever thought it would be um so we do a, a lot a lot of home cooked and raw food diet um, formulations and you know as part of all the holistic consults I don't think there's there's really ever a time where you don't discuss diet because isn't it's the foundation of, of of all health isn't it um and yeah we have we have the little shop as jordan said and there's some nice quality products there that people can can buy um yeah i always so, um say yeah. to particularly when we see young dogs come in i always say to clients you're either going to spend your money on a good diet or in vet bills and i'd rather you spend it on a good diet and that's ter- probably terrible business, yeah, but, but it's true. You know, I really believe that if you get an animal on a good diet to start with, it's really, really key. Do you, um, Reagan, you're making, you're formulating diets. That's really yeah. time intensive. I- it, it is, yeah, it is. And it's it's always a bit hard to juggle things, isn't it? You're like, we, ha- we have an hour for our first consultation and people think that's going to be, buckets loads of time and it's it's never enough you know for everything you want to do you, you you always run out of time and then again like it's probably bad practice but we spend loads of time after before our consultations reading histories but after our consultations thinking about the diet and thinking about the herbal formulas and and, and formulating and we we put hours and hours of work into what comes across as a one-hour consultation um and as we get busier I guess that that gets harder but I find it hard not to you know if you're like okay this animal is going to really benefit from a good a good home-cooked diet it's restricted in what it can have but the owner's got the time to cook it's, it's hard to not take that time to formulate for them um yeah yeah, yeah. and you provide you've got fresh food options at the practice and also raw yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we don't we don't uh, stock any kibble or, or dry food or, or anything like that um 
yeah, just just fresh fresh with options. Good. So how does I saw that you offer telemedicine? How does that figure in? Oh, <laughs> it's hard, you know. Like it, it's something that I think everyone got a bit used to over the pandemic, and and you know it, it's become a much bigger part of our our practice. But at the more, particularly the more traditional Chinese medicine we do, it's just not practical to to do that over a computer screen is it you you need to be looking at those tongues and feeling pulses and back shoe points and you know I also think as Jordan said that rapport with clients and and everything like that is is hard to do with the telemedicine side of things but we do have clients that travel a long way to see us um which is is always pretty humbling when people spend hours and hours coming coming to see you Mm -hmm. so Particularly our follow up, we we do we do um, a fair bit on on the computer, um, but yeah, ideally not. But in 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 this time and in the situation we find ourselves, a lot of the time you you, you have to. Yeah. yeah. So you get your you, your staff's mailing a lot of uh, refills, I imagine. Yeah. Laura spends a lot of time going to the post office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. So I know you guys have a commitment today, so I don't, I don't want to keep it long, but it was wonderful talking to you both. It was great getting to know you a little bit. I'd love uh, the look of your practice and the sound of it. And I just wish you both all the best. Oh, thank, thank you, so you much. for having us. It's been a pleasure. Oh, man, it would be, I, I would love to be able to see it myself one time. You're, You're very welcome. welcome. Come, Come to Scotland. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. And you. Thank you. Bye-bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.